are four things you need to know up front. One, while we are talking to you, we're not talking about you. Your specific situation may not apply to our general podcast analysis. Two, the info we're using came from sources we think are reliable, but their accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed, not even by the companies issuing the data. Three, you cannot rely on the past results of any investment for future performance. The past is never exactly repeated, so past results can never predict future performance with any reliability. Four, there are many kinds of risk in any investment, no matter what may or may not be guaranteed. Look closely and consult your investment, legal, and tax advisors for deeper one-on-one discussion and analysis. Welcome back to our Life Unlock Partners podcast series. Today, we're talking about problem investors and the insurance industry. Uh, I'm not going to ask you for a reaction to that because how could you? What, what am I talking about? What's the issue? What I am going to ask you is, do you guys know what insurance companies do? No. No. You? <laughs> not, not a whole lot, no. I'm always I, curious I, when people go, what's private insurance and all that stuff? Sure. Well, let's talk. Leverage let's start with, their money? No. When you buy insurance, though, when you're buying it, what insurance companies provide is, is think about your, your car insurance. Uh you pay the auto insurer a monthly premium so that when you have a bad accident, they deal with everything, right? Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever noticed that an insurance company says, hey, I'll give you a discount if you'll reduce your risk by putting a camera in your window and let me monitor how safely you drive? Do you ever notice they do that sort of stuff? Mm-hmm. Yep. So what insurance companies are there to do is think about when you pay insurance, it's sort of like paying a little bit at a time, like a savings account for disasters. And the insurance company is measuring. They don't necessarily care why, but they're measuring how often do disasters happen? What do they cost? Is there stuff we can tell our clients to do that makes it happen less often because then we're all better off? The reason I'm bringing all of that up about the insurance industry is that the insurance industry tracks how often there are lawsuits by clients against securities firms. And it turns out that the group of celebrities, actors, and professional athletes are the majority of that problem. Now, the insurance industry first tries to encourage companies to act better to reduce those problems. And when the companies can't respond, what do you think the insurance companies do? Raise the premium. Yeah, exactly. Because they can't afford to lose money. So they have to charge you more. And so insurance companies regularly ask uh, investment advisors, how much of your customer base are celebrities, actors, and athletes because they're going to charge you an extra premium. And here's why I have a big problem with it. Your same group athletes, actors, and celebrities have the same issues that Leela and I have as entrepreneurs. We're all, when we're successful, it means we're going to change our career in like seven to 10 years, which means we should be investing on a timeline that looks like that. Now, entrepreneurs have an advantage. We're already in business. We're already talking to banks and bankers. And if we're being successful, they're already kind of cluing us in and helping us out. But I don't see that necessarily happening in your business as, as athletes. The people who are in your ear most of the time are coaches who are helping you be more successful on the field. The same way with actors, they have acting coaches who are helping them be more successful as actors. Entrepreneurs, we get coaching that helps us be more successful in business. But that doesn't mean that it's fair or right that this group should have so many problems when it comes to investment. 
Any clue on why you think the problem's happening? Um, I think, I mean, if you're in business and like that's, you know, you're, you're handling money a lot more, whereas in our line of work, we're spending so much time on our, you know, bodies um, and, you know, performing on a field that, you know, at least for, I can say for myself that sometimes it's tough to invest more time in things that are outside of what I'm actually trying to do. I, I think that's true for anybody who's an entrepreneur because we're betting it all on ourselves and on mm-hmm. our actions. So yeah, we tend to get deeply involved in what we're doing. I agree with that. Let me ask you this. Um, when you, because you're invested in the market, right, Kyle? Mm-hmm. When you went to do that, did your advisor ever ask you about whether you're going to change your career in X number of years and you need flexibility for that? Or did he say, here's how we do it. You're in your 20s. You're going to retire in your 60s. And we're going to set up this long timeline of milestones for your investment. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the latter. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Does it seem to you a mismatch in priorities that this industry looks at you and me and talks about our retirement at the age 60 when in fact, we're really going to need our capital to be flexible for us when it comes time to change our careers? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good point, considering that we're not playing until we're 60. Yeah, yeah, see, to me, what's happened is the industry is so big, it's set up like this square hole, and it's ready to accept square pegs of people who are in the traditional mold of, I'm going to hold a job in this industry for 30, 40 years, I'm going to slowly ratchet up my earnings, yada, 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 when in fact, you and me and Leela and Connor, we're really round pegs. We, we can fit in the hole, but we don't fit very well because our issues are different. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So to me, while undoubtedly some of the lawsuits that come out are, are really bad, bad people on one side of the transaction or the other, but to me, so much of it is just this very simple mismatch in understanding what the issues are for people who need to change careers because they were successful. Kind of a crazy statement, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so what we're trying to do is help people who are professional athletes or actors or celebrities or entrepreneurs understand that when you're investing, your first priority, I think, needs to be building a capital base that's as flexible as my career needs it to be. So if I know I need to change my career in five to 10 years, I want to set up a portfolio that's profit sharing with me, paying me cash, so that when when I retire, I have a, a built up cash flow that's coming off of my portfolio that helps me choose at my choosing what I want to do next. I'll just share with you a quick little story. Uh, Kyle, I don't know if I shared with you my background in tech as an entrepreneur. Um, not, yeah, I don't think so. No. Um, uh, I co-founded a company that we sold to Microsoft in 2005 in cybersecurity. We were, we were one of the early cloud computing pioneers. Just before that, I'd been the CFO of the first data center in Los Angeles, and we sold that for almost half a billion dollars. And I took my winnings from there and I invested it in the stock market in a company that was going to profit share with me. Uh, and they paid me dividends so that I replaced half of my salary. With half of my salary now replaced, when I went to look at what project I wanted to take next, because I had a house, a mortgage, kids in school, a wife who was looking after them, uh, I could now afford to take less salary because my portfolio was enabling me to invest in me again. So uh, the next thing I did was the project that then got sold to Microsoft. 
So that's why we think it's important to have something that's flexible and profit sharing with you and hopefully is safer than the general market conditions. We think, I think that because if, we, go ahead. Uh, you're not thinking emotionally or rationally or panicked in that moment because you have had this ca- cash cushion from your your dividends from your such a yeah. great point, Connor, and uh, that brings me to a wonderful little sidetrack. Leela called me yesterday and said Alcoa, which is the Amer- the uh, the aluminum company of America, had fallen fifteen percent in one day. Now we follow a lot of companies that produce a lot of things, and stuff like aluminum and iron ore, copper and gold are important when there's inflationary times. Now. Here's the interesting thing about Alcoa. Alcoa doesn't profit share at the same level as other producing mining companies that we follow like Rio Tinto or Champion Iron Ore or BHB. So while all of them reported light mining results in their first quarter yesterday, only Alcoa fell 15%. The companies there's no tend incentive to, to stay in the stock. Well, because you're not getting that profit sharing at the same level. That's right, Connor. If you're already getting a 7 8 10% profit share, the stock's not going to fall that much because people say, okay, if I'm still getting still the dividend, money. there's still value there. But if I'm not getting that profit share and the company just did something else with it, mm-hmm. yeah, the stock's going to fall more, which is, which is why we place so much importance on that because we think it makes the portfolio less volatile and it's providing that critical income we're going to need at some point. Because think about it this way, Kyle, you can't get disability insurance, can you? No. No. So what happens if you have a career ending injury in year five and your portfolio set up for year 20? Yeah. This and is where I think pickle. a lot of the lot of the anger comes in. Because think about it: for somebody to sue a securities firm, you have to be really angry because it's expensive. But I get how people would feel angry if they put their faith in somebody who said, "I've got all these models, all these risk things, and I see you're in you're this age, so you're going to retire here," and they just completely miss what's unique to your group. Yeah, the volatility of our careers and, you know, even on a year to year, day to day basis. Right. Means that you shouldn't have volatility in your capital base Mm -hmm. because that's how you got rewarded for that effort. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's, and now you're, and with that, you, you've just learned a huge chunk of what's important to Life and Lock Partners and how we construct a core portfolio for our clients. Here are four things you need to know up front. One, while we are talking to you, we're not talking about you. Your specific situation may not apply to our general podcast analysis. Two, the info we're using came from sources we think are reliable, but their accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed, not even by the companies issuing the data. Three, you cannot rely on the past results of any investment for future performance. The past is never exactly repeated, so past results can never predict future performance with any reliability. Four, there are many kinds of risk in any investment, no matter what may or may not be guaranteed. Look closely and consult your investment, legal, and tax advisors for deeper one-on-one discussion and analysis. 